0: such a beautiful day to be out for a walk Uh, like a nice pool over here oh looks like a disc golf course excellent a lot of bros a lot of bros right there one has a backpack i wonder if there's like gamecube uh, in there axe body spray and something else i'm not going to mention looks like they're all crushing monsters that's great that's great i wonder if they uh going to go back to their crib and listen to Jack Johnson CDs later. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, well, they're all celebrating. Something happened. Something... Wait a second. Is that... Ah, oh, the bro of all bros. It's Theme Park Stud. I think... Did he just get a hole-in-one? i got to run over there. Theme Park Stud, did you just hit that hole-in-one? Hell yeah, I did. What's up, man? <laughs> How you doing, man? Is that the best shot you've ever had? You, like... You put that around, like, a forest of trees. I saw it go through, like, a ring of fire, um, went in and out of a subway, and a hole-in-one. That was a great shot, dude.
1: You know, I tried. I tried.
0: Fuck yeah. But I just want to one thing clear. I would
1: not be drinking a monster, number one. Um, Yeah. More of a mud water
0: guy. Yeah. (laughs) Caffeine in there is not good for ADHD individuals. Yeah. That's fantastic, dude. Well, That was a great (laughs) shot. Are you, like, done? Was that the last hole? I didn't know if you had time for 69 questions nice um
1: hell yeah i always got time for 69 questions um, of course
0: i got you <laughs> all right so the first question i have for you is who is theme park stud
1: no my name is dan um you know i just i just uh i'm a dude i, I live in kc missouri i've known coaster bro for god forever now it feels like 14 years
0: going on 15 what are you most known for in the community
1: uh, I guess it would be, you know, being a co-host on Costa Cuzzies, kind of taking it from a fan perspective, not really a enthusiast or a hobbyist. Um, but I think, yeah, most of for in the community just kind of being a co-host on a Costa Cuzzies. Um, again, coming from more of a fan perspective, really not, really not going to be a typical person in the community, I would say. Most of them are enthusiasts, where I'm kind of more of just... a. Uh, a guy who enjoys them from time to time, but isn't really as dedicated as most people in the community, I guess put it that way.
0: How did you get into roller coasters in the first place? When I was
1: younger, like my my grandpa would take me to World of Fun, um, and then um, I went to uh, Sodar City where I was little. I also went to Cedar Point. Uh, so I've been to a few places that were kind of already out there, but really it didn't really hit until I started working at World of Fun in 2008, um, because Chef Jeff, um, me and him went to high school together and he was already working out there, so that's how I worked out there, and Coaster Bro happened to work at the same ride that year, and then fast forward two years later, we went on our first uh, Bro Coaster trip in 2010, and that's kind of when I really started doing it, and then I just kind of continued working in the theme park industry,
0: so. So how did you become a part of Coaster Cousers?
1: Um, I mean, it's, so ultimately, like, we were just kind of talking about the idea from what I remember, and uh, I remember we kind of came up with the name, we were gonna fly, it was a trip in 2018, we're at the airport at six a.m. to fly to St. Louis to fly to Cincinnati to take a rental car up to Toronto, and early in the morning we just kind of came up because Costa to always say "cuzies" all the time or "what's up, cuz" cause, or "cuzzy." Um, I was like, why do we call ourselves the Costa Cuzies? Because we were like the Costa Cronies, which just sounds kind of cringy. It's um, so a bit like Costa Cuzies kind of sounds a little more kind of elegant, like I guess, in a way. So ultimately, I was kind of there from the from the beginning, essentially. Um, Kind of a origin
0: story type thing. So, what are some of your hobbies outside of news parks?
1: Um, quite a few. Um, obviously, I have ADHD, so I hyper focus on things, a ton of things. So, my hobbies change frequently. But some of my ones that stick around, um, I play soccer uh, right now, like twice a week. Big disc golfer, which we're going to be talking about later. Obviously, you guys just caught me in the middle of, one of my rounds after that fantastic ace. One of the best um, I've ever seen, yeah. actually. Yeah. I love to travel, um, I'm going to some cool places here, going to Ireland in the fall, which I'm looking forward to, um, you know, obviously traveling on coastal trips in the past, um, and hopefully in the future, um, you know, it's a big hobby, just traveling in general, um, and then just, um, at least the hobby is uh, mycology, which is uh, mushrooms, and growing that, and the science behind that, so.
0: Okay, so what's something you want to learn more about? See, so that's,
1: that's a kind of a loaded question, because like I mentioned earlier, with ADHD and hyper-focus on things, it just kind of depends on stuff. I kind of go through these phases. So right now, what I've been kind of really focused on is just really good habit building. So like really looking at the best way to do that. So I've been kind of implementing a lot of ways to increase good habits in my life. So that's kind of what I've been focused on right now. But in the future, really, I never know. It's not something that really is like on my list it just kind of happens and either I dive head deep in it and it sticks or I just kind of I do it for a little bit and it kind of goes off so whoa, bro, bro man you need a duck hold up four. Oh. man oh that's going to hit you that, I think I almost
0: died there that was pretty wild
1: yeah that's, that shit's hard you don't want to get hit with one of
0: those yeah you think we should uh, maybe go on a walk instead maybe get away from these flying discs yeah we can do that Awesome. There's a little trailer here. Let's head over there. Since I almost got hit in the head with a, a fucking disc, uh, when did you get into disc golf?
1: I got into disc golf around during the height of COVID. It was kind of in the spring, you know, March, April of 2020. And I uh, had a friend I played soccer with, and he, uh, he's he been playing disc golf for many years. And he uh, told my friend Brandon and I, we, he took us out for the first time, and man, we sucked so bad. Uh, but it was just something. that was fun, and I just really kind of stuck at it, where really it got better and and so I've been playing for what two and a half years, two years now, I guess I would say. And um, it's probably one of my, probably my, it's probably my favorite sport now that I play on a regular basis. I just because it's low, not as it's easy, it's cheap, it's not as taxing on your body. So I usually play at least once a week.
0: Yeah. What is your uh, favorite thing about the sport?
1: Um, it's kind of for me. It's it's just like uh, even though. You could have a competition on it where you compete against your buddies or you could play in a tournament and stuff i think the greatest thing and this is this is golf in general too it's it's such a it's a personal game um you know every time you go to a disc you know to a course either disc golf or golf you know you can play that same course over and over again but your score is always going to be different so it's a mental game it's it's always going to be different it's always going to be challenging there's always you're always going to need to improve on something so to me, it's almost like meditation. I go out there, I really just focus on the shot I'm trying to throw, and it really kind of – it's almost like outdoor therapy for me. That's that's probably my favorite thing about the sport.
0: Who's your favorite pro disc golfer?
1: This is kind of a hard one because I, I like a lot of them, and that's something I kind of do. I do watch disc pro disc golf, not like on a regular basis, but I do. But
0: Hold probably, on. Every time I've been to your apartment, disc golf has been on.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things that's easiest to put on in the background versus a show. Um but like some weeks I go without watching it other weeks I'm like all oh, that's all I'm watching so it just kind of depends um but my favorite guy it's probably gonna be Paul Uliberry. um he's uh he's not the best player like in in, in reward in like competitions of one and stuff like that uh, but he's just a good guy and he's hilarious um Him and Big Germ, um, or Jeremy Colleen, is his name. Uh, They kind of do commentary on one of my favorite YouTube channels of like post production, and um, they're just funny guys to listen to, and it's just kind of cool. And that's kind of the cool thing about disc golfers, and especially the pros. Like you look at all these pro athletes, is like there is rivalries, of course, but they kind of everyone kind of wants everyone to do well. There is not really a lot of drama per se that you see in other professional sports. It's just such a laid back culture that I think is really cool. But Paul Uliberry, he's he's hilarious. He's funny. Check him out.
0: What's your favorite course you've played?
1: Um, So my favorite course I've played is probably Beaver Ranch in Colorado. It's up in the mountains. It's actually, I think, ranked right now like top 12 course in the world. Um, I could could be wrong on that, but I know it's in like the top 20, I believe. Um, Just a beautiful course up in the mountains, beautiful views. Uh, It's amazing. Um, If you ever do play, um, definitely check that out.
0: What is a dream course that you want to play?
1: I want to play Maple Hill in Massachusetts. It's one of the high. I, I think it is the top rated course in the world right now. Um, but ultimately it's on the pro tour. It's just a beautiful, um, kind of a woodsy kind of big bomber course with some woods, tight lines and over ponds and lakes and stuff like that. I'm sure that that verbiage kind of like confuses you and stuff. <laughs> what I was kind of saying.
0: Uh, would I lose your disc if I played that course?
1: Hell yeah, I'll probably lose disc if I play that course. <laughs> All
0: right, what's the best game you've ever played?
1: Um, I probably, it's not really called a game, it's more of a round per se. It's like, a, oh, I played a round of, of golf or disc golf and stuff. It's not really a game. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but to answer that question, I shot an 11 under par, so basically, I got 11 birdies per se. Uh, it was a small little city course in, in Denver called Johnny Roberts. Um, really fun course, and uh, it was just a blast. It was our first course we played in Colorado, and we just had a good time and shot 11-under, which is by then the best score I ever had, and that was a year ago. So if I went back out there, I probably could do a lot better just because I've gotten better over the past year, but it was a lot of fun.
0: What advice would you give to somebody just starting out on di- in disc golf?
1: Um, good question. Um, I would say start with putters. Um. You know, use a putter for all your shots at first because a putter is going to be really good because they could be very finicky when you throw them. So as a beginner, um, they're easier to throw because they're called a slower disc. So if you're not as your form's not as good, you could still kind of get it to go straight a little bit easier than other ones. But it's also going to help you kind of when the disc doesn't fly right, it's going to help you kind of uh, get better because it's such a finicky disc. So once you start getting to throw those very straight and well you could upgrade the bigger distance and be a lot easier for you. A lot of people want to go to the fast drivers because they think they're going to get the most distance. And yeah, you might get a little more distance, but at the end of the day, you're going to improve a lot faster if you start with a putter and it didn't upgrade that way. For example, I've actually been trying to work on my forehand, which is kind of a, or sidearm throw. You could throw the disc in different varieties and my forehand it's been okay, but it hasn't been great. And I actually went back to the basics and just started using a putter and I just started kind of throwing a putter for fun when I take my uh, my dog Maple for a walk. And I actually played around this past week and decided to actually use drivers. And my my forehand's gotten like 10 times better already. And it's only been two weeks. So, yeah.
0: Do you think disc golf's going to be a lifelong sport for you? Hell, yeah.
1: Um, it's probably going to be – I, I kind of – I was telling people this recently, actually. I was like, it's definitely going to be that sport when I have to give up soccer because, again, I'm just going to get too old and just too bruises up and stuff so um disc golf you know and the cool thing is they have tournaments that go on and they have different divisions and they have they have senior citizen divisions all the way up to 70 plus so like it, it's definitely a lifetime sport um and it's you know it's not a lot of wear and tear in your body and you get to get outdoors and kind of go on a little hike um, i like to call it hiking with activity
0: what's your favorite disc golf gear
1: uh you know obviously there's a ton of different gear they have to get obviously discs are in point of uh, importance that's probably my favorite gear um there's a bunch of different manufacturers or companies of discs i usually do trilogy is the top ones i usually get um which is three different brands is dynamic disc west side and latitude 64. so most of my discs are from those three brands i do have a few from other brands as well but they're kind of my top ones Um, but the discs are fun because there's different varieties you have some that are considered more stable to other ones are not as stable and different speeds um and obviously there's a lot we could go into that but for that i think the discs are cool because all of them fly differently and you could kind of and you could kind of manipulate them to do certain things and shape shots which is always a lot of fun oh shit um maple just let up i I just let go to leash she's chasing after a squirrel like let's go catch my dog real quick let's go get her
0: what are you doing did you get that squirrel good girl Hey, is this your maple is this your first dog
1: uh it's not my first dog i had i had another dog when i was growing up um so her name was molly she was a pit um hound mix um, she was a cute little dog uh, but maple has been my first dog i've gotten um since i've uh, been an adult and kind of on my own and stuff Why, why'd
0: you get a dog
1: uh well partly i've always been wanting one i love dogs of course and um and then a uh, big reason was I started working from home. So I was like, well, might as well have some company when I'm around here. And so I looked at adoptions and got Maple. So you adopt-
0: you adopted Maple. Is
1: that right? How would you yep. get her? Um, So I kind of went on Petfinder, Finder. was kind of looking at all the different type of dogs out there. And uh, there was a couple of them I was kind of looking at. And uh, so then I uh, saw Maple. At the time, her name was Claire, her adoption name. And she was with a rescue called the Rescue Project here in KC. So I put in an application for her, got approved, and then the foster mom brought her over to my place, and we did a meet and greet for like 30 minutes, and uh, definitely wanted her at that point, and I um, uh, said I wanted her, we filled out the finalization, I did my adoption fee, and I was picked her up two days later and had her ever since, got her when she was 12 weeks old. Wow. So how did, how did you name her Mabel? Maple? Uh, that's um. Uh, so I had like a few names in mind. Um, this is kind of funny. Uh, I like. I think it was like Lexi, Abby. Um, what Was another one. Macy was one. Uh, I wanted to do like a Harry Potter name, but none of them really fit right. Like Luna would have been the best one, but I know like eight dogs named Luna, so I did not want to just do that. I wanted something more unique. And then all those other names I mentioned, I had lifeguards that were named that, which is kind of weird. So I was like, no. So I had two different names in mind. It was olive and maple. And I did go with olive initially for like a day. Um, But I just didn't really love how it sounded off my tongue. It just didn't fit her. And and then she's kind of – so she's really dark fur, but she does have some like brown coloring in here, especially when the sun hits her. It almost looks like maple syrup. So that's why I ended up with maple.
0: Beautiful. What's the cutest thing maple does?
1: Oh, the cutest thing she does. Um, so she is a cuddle bug. She loves to cuddle and snuggle, and like, so like at night she will just be like sometimes like she when we initially go to bed she goes in a kennel, but it, I usually read, and then by the time I get done reading she hops up on the bed and cuddles right up next to me. Or sometimes I fall asleep, but when I wake up she's always just cuddled up right next to me. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, you know, after I take her out and kind of go for a walk and do, do kind of our thing, I, I kind of chill on my couch about a couple minutes before I start work, and she just always loves a cuddle and just lay right on my chest when that, when that happens. It's always the cutest thing.
0: Nice. What, what is the most annoying thing Mabel does?
1: Oh, she's an attention whore, um, always needs attention. And, and she's starting to get better, be more independent and kind of play on with toys on her own. But the most annoying thing I would say is when I'm working – and she, and it's always on. I sit at my desk. I could be sitting on the couch with my laptop, and it's fine, but if I'm at my desk, she'll come up and she'll just like jump up on me and start barking at me for me to play or do something. And I'm like, I can't play right now. So we've been we've been doing a lot of uh, she's been in the kennel a little bit in the crate uh, during work hours so I get more work done sometime, which she's totally fine with. I, I'll play with her. We go on a big walk in the morning, so she usually snoozes most of the day
0: anyway. so. What's your favorite memory with her so far? Six months oh, ago.
1: that's a tough question. Um, I don't know. We've, we've had a lot of great memories. Um, man, that's tough. I don't, I would say, I don't know her interacting with other dogs, kind of seeing that and like her playing with some like, you know, you and, uh, and your wife came over with Hudson and that was a fun time just seeing her interact. And, uh, and that's always fun, playing with her and stuff like that. But it's it's interesting. I, I kind of see her every day. I've, the only time I haven't seen her was when I went on a cruise because obviously I couldn't bring her with me. So we kind of have a good routine down while we do every day. Um, but in like, I know, maybe going on walks and she loves just like hopping through grass and stuff. It's one of the, that's probably her second cutest thing she does. She always like kind of like bounds and leaps at like toys and through tall grass and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Maple's sniffing off the trail. Should we go wander over there, kind of see where she's going? Let's follow
0: that nose. Yeah. Hello, is, this, wondering... is this some sort of like portal she found? Oh my gosh! Oh shit! Should we? Uh, should we go in? Yeah, let's hop in it. All right, Blue's gonna do. We can too. <laughs> oh my god. We're on Islands of Adventure, we're at Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. How the hell do we get? We're like in the, the helix of it. Like, what, how do we get here?
1: That's weird. But it's, at least yeah. it's not open because we're in a low lying area. It's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Uh, well, shoot. We should probably get out of here just in case
0: yeah. before we get trespassed. Let's get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fucking weird um well speaking of roller coasters we just saw one what is your favorite roller coaster
1: oh shit we were right by it um the Velosa roller coaster or Relasa coaster at islands of adventure um we should have saw that one was open
0: <laughs> can't go back now
1: yeah uh, definitely don't want to back there
0: <laughs> what's your favorite drink at a theme park
1: oh uh, this one's an easy one the 2.99 refillable cup beers at fun spot <laughs> Initially nine 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 for the cup, but two ninety nine for refillable. But you never know with inflation, it might it might increase that. I don't know if they still offer it.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite uh, theme park food? Uh, this one I, I and I was gonna
1: look up before this, but I couldn't. I didn't have time to. But my favorite food of all time would probably be the Mickey's cream cheese filled pretzels at Disney World. Um, I think they might be discontinued. I haven't had them in years. But I used to get them at Magic Kingdom or in Epcot. But I haven't seen them in a while. I also really haven't look. So um, I don't know if they still offer them.
0: They need to. Yeah. Uh, what, were, what's your favorite? Yeah, those things were crack. You introduced me to those. Uh-huh. What's your favorite dark ride?
1: Oh, Indiana Jones adventure at Disneyland.
0: What is your home
1: park? Um, EPCOT. Um, <laughs> just, just kidding. I wish it should be. It was. I'm old. I, when I used to live in Orlando. But technically, it would be Worlds of Fun, even though it sucks. So, but I have to—I guess it would be Worlds of Fun by definition. But really, it probably have you would be visit Epcot more. I I probably visited Epcot more than I have Worlds of Fun. So, um, at least in the last like, in the last like five years. So, I would maybe say Epcot it is. All
0: right, hit me with three bucket list coasters of yours.
1: Uh, Formula Rosa for sure um, I mean I just one that's always been on my list I, I'm sure it's not going to be the best Coaster out there But I, I definitely definitely need to ride it I'm going to say Iron Gwazi I mean it's definitely going to be one of the best Coasters out there even though it might be overrated It might be a lot of hype around it I definitely want to ride it And then one that, you, that you've that you been on that I've been wanting to go to uh, And I really want to go back to this park too Because this is an amazing park Lightning Rod at Dollywood God I yeah. forgot you haven't ridden that I know, so definitely want to want to get to that. And I just love Dollywood. I want to get back there. It's this awesome park.
0: Hit me with three bucket list parks.
1: Oh, um, Europa Park, mm-hmm. um, Shanghai Disney, and Tokyo Disney Sea.
0: What oh, do you yeah. look for in a in a roller coaster? What, what makes a roller coaster good to you? I like
1: a good. I want to say theming. I don't think theming is really big for me, but I I do kind of like kind of going on a little adventure. So maybe using natural theming, like kind of going through the woods a little bit. Um, We're really using the landscaping to their advantage. Um, I like faster coasters. I would say, you know, I would almost go with like a RMC almost, but not like a, a super intense RMC almost. Maybe like an Outlaw Run kind of vibe where it has some intense moments, but also has a little bit more kind of floaty sensations as well. Um, so kind of like, you know, I like that airtime, but I don't want that injector airtime per se. So, um, I like more of banking turns. I don't really like laterals too much. So, but like a 90 degrees is always fun when it comes to that. Uh, so I think that would kind of be what I look for the most in a roller coaster.
0: All right. If you could be in any park right now in the world, right here at this moment, where would you be?
1: Uh, Tokyo Disney Seas. Well, that was kind of, I mean, that was kind of weird on that portal. Should we just continue down the trail and kind of see where this leads to?
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's more portals out there. Hmm. Yeah, Hmm,
1: maybe. Hmm. Maybe maybe we'll sniff them out there are. Maybe she'll help us.
0: All right, so you've worked in theme parks for many years before you've uh, kind of taken your now remote job and living the good life. How long were you in theme parks? So theme parks would
1: be about 10 years. So it was like 2008 to 2018, and that's when I kind of uh, transferred over into like the municipal parks and recreation side i was still kind of working in kind of like the fun environment of uh aquatics and stuff for another four years at that point and now i'm kind of completely out of the industry uh, but so i'll say 10 years of indirect theme park but then still kind of another four years of indirectly with the with the industry
0: so what parks have you worked at and like what kind of roles were you working
1: So my first park I worked at was World of Fun. Um, I was a ride operator. I worked my way up as a lead, assistant lead, lead, assistant area supervisor. I was an area supervisor for like two weeks, and I got promoted to the senior supervisor ride, which that role doesn't really exist anymore. It's kind of like a, uh, which now is more like a seasonal manager type role. Um, But at the time, it was only just one of like a senior supervisor. Kind of did like, uh, um, like I don't know, like manager role, mod type responsibilities of the park and make sure staffing and ran breaks for the supervisors um during that time that year i actually went and worked at valley fair for a week they needed um they needed uh extra staff when they were so open full-time but a lot of their staff went back to school so actually they bust a lot of the world to fund employees up there and i was actually able to work at um steel vengeance their um impulse coaster um which was really fun so i was just a ride opera right there but i got um
0: what's that ride called? Uh,
1: not Steel Vengeance, oh my god, what's it? Oh <laughs> that, uh, that, well that's way off. Oh my gosh. Gosh, is what it? is it? Steel Venom. Steel Venom, that's it, yeah. I, I was close with the V E, like yeah. <laughs> Steel Venom, oh my god, yeah, definitely not Steel Vengeance. Um ugh. uh God, that would suck. Uh if I worked there. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, Steel Venom uh, worked there. That was a lot of fun, and that was just for a week. So I just kind of counted. But then um, at the end of 2012, early 2013, I actually moved down to Florida. Worked at Legoland Florida as a um, an area lead there for a year, and I got promoted to uh, an attraction supervisor for a few months. Ultimately there, I kind of worked in their uh, attraction department and also ran their orientation and kind of did a lot of their onboarding and training side of things, which is a lot of fun to kind of get into. And then I quit that job because I got a position at a Universal Orlando at Islands of Adventure. I was the attraction supervisor at Spider-Man for about a year and a half. And then I also was attraction supervisor at One Fish, Two Fish, um, cares to Sell, and If I Ran the Zoo. And then during that time, I then tra- I was also during the time worked as an HHN supervisor uh, two years in a row, kind of uh, doing the seasonal uh, event there. And then after that, I actually went over to Volcano Bay and was an aquatic supervisor in grand Open that park, uh, which was a fantastic experience that I um, loved so much and really enjoyed.
0: And didn't you technically close uh, Wet n Wild?
1: Yeah, I technically closed Wet and Wild when I first transferred over there. That's cool. Yeah. It
0: was a lot of fun. Uh, what, was, what was your favorite of those jobs that you had in the park?
1: I'll say the HHN supervisor. Both runs were a lot of fun. It's just a fun event. It's a lot of work, a lot of late nights. I mean, typical shift is from, you know, the, the opening shift for the event is from 3 p.m. to midnight. And the closing shift is 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. So, like, a little bit of variety there. But you're up late at night. And it's it's a lot. It's a long run, especially nowadays when it's they start that thing like for like September first nowadays. It feels like, uh, but it's just a blast. I mean, you, it's go go go. But you just bond so well with you. Have, you have a temporary team. You have a temporary lead team. A temporary like supervisor you work around. You don't normally work around. And in the next two months, you just like you become family with these people. And like so, like I made a lot of good relationships. Sometimes I did. I kind of had some. Tough relationships before with some people, but when we worked together directly on that event, we kind of opened our eyes and like, wow, we actually like each other, and became friends after that. And it was really cool, a lot of fun. A lot of my good friends from Universal I met during that event, or really bonded to those relationships.
0: What is one of your favorite memories working at a park?
1: Oh, that's that's a hard. I mean, there's was a ton. I know. Where of memories. do you go? Yeah, like where do you go? I mean, I'm about to probably say, uh, probably the grand opening of Volcano Bay. It was like, it was such a surreal moment. Um, it was just a crazy week, uh, just a ton of hours and a lot of um, like the night, like the night, the day before is media day and I spent like a, I did a 36 hour shift and um, it was just crazy. And then I went home, fell asleep at seven, was back at the park at 2 a.m. And I remember like, 5 a.m. I am like doing this like just huge, like, you know, speech to my team talking about how like, you know, this is a cool experience. Just take them take it in at one day. You know, it's going to be hectic. It's going to be a hot mess, but just take it in and just really enjoy the moment for what it is. And then the grand opening ceremony and like it just felt weird. It was just like, wow, I did this. I, I, I was a part of it. And it just like really hit my feels during it. And, and then after that, I feel like after that moment, it was just a blur. Just so much crazy stuff happened, not just in that day, but just my whole time of Volcano Bay because it was just such a – any anytime you open up something new, especially a theme park, there's so many, like, just things that just don't go right you could build it to, to the plan as it can be but once you get people in it and they start doing normal people things you can't really plan for that you just got to adapt to it and it's just it's just a lot that goes into it and it was a blast it was the most stressful it really challenged me the most in my work career but i think like just that that grand opening moment that day was just probably one of my favorite memories
0: nice all right if you could change one thing about your history working in parks would you change something uh, I mean, I'm one of those people that don't want to change
1: anything because it shapes who I am. But if I did have to pick something and probably work at Universal Orlando sooner, it was just, a, I really learned a lot there, really built my career and a lot of things I took away from there. And I, I think it would have been fun to kind of grew up and work my way up there versus me coming in as a supervisor. But uh, again, at the end of the day, I want to change it. I want to met coaster for the way I did. I want to have done any of those things. But, um, it would have been kind of cool if I could change it that way.
0: What was your favorite attraction you worked?
1: Uh, Sky Coaster, hands down. It's just fun being hands-on with everything from the flight suiting to uh, being the assisting controller is my favorite position, which I feel like yeah, anybody who works with Sky Coaster is their favorite one because that's where you're kind of hooking up all the uh, different contraptions to so the cables and whatnot. It's just fun. It's just a little bit more intimate with the guests, I think, than you can do. I mean, you can definitely interact with guests at any ride, but I think it's just a little bit more because you spend a little bit extra time with them in more of an intimate setting. And I think it's a lot of fun um and it's just it's one of ones that's just a little more hands-on to just a typical ride you are just pressing buttons
0: what was your least favorite traction you ever worked
1: uh probably the cyclone sam's cloud poofer 2000 that thing was just a vomit machine and <laughs> it just it it just was a it's just a pain to operate it's like you had to walk around and check so many seats and then you have to like hold buttons down the whole ride or, or have your foot on like a um like a foot pedal to keep it going because ultimately if like the door open or someone rides in the ride vehicle you let go of that um uh, which honestly kind of is messed up they should have some kind of like system like a laser system that kind of does it almost on that steel, steel venom has where it's like a light curtain so if anything crosses that light curtain it'll shut down the ride um but it was just like it was a pain to operate people vomit all the time it just wasn't my favorite one to work i love the ride for what it is i enjoy riding it i think it's really cool uh, flat ride slash dark ride. It's sorry not dark ride, but it made it into dark ride with the theming. Um, but I think it's really cool. Just operating it sucks. And that and also that same crew it could be changed now, but at the time it was also Timberwolf and Thunderhawk. And Thunderhawk's no longer there, but Thunderhawk was also paying to operate.
0: All right, what is your advice for someone looking to get in and it in the industry?
1: Yeah, I mean, number one, just apply for the job. Just do it. Um, you know, definitely do it. Um, but when you do that, you know, obviously, you guys are enthusiasts and stuff, so most of you are probably going to work in rides and stuff. But sometimes rides might not be the the best fit for you. So find a department where you're going to have the most fun in. That could be games. That could be food and beverage. That could be in aquatics and stuff. I think if I could do it all over again – I would almost start, I'll probably be a lifeguard. I'll probably want to do rides. You know, I enjoyed rides, it was a lot of fun, but I think I would have had a lot more fun being a lifeguard and I would have been an attractions. Now, would I change change that knowing what I know now? No, but if I could go back, I would definitely be a lifeguard. Uh, But there's so many cool things to do there. Even like guest services, entrance ops. um, I want to, you know, maybe security. I don't think, I want to do security personally, but that could be something, just find something that's going to really fit your personality the most and you're gonna enjoy it the most, and you get the most out of it.
0: What's your advice for someone looking to climb up in the theme park ladder? Yeah, number one, be patient. Um,
1: there's not a lot, you know, theme parks don't make a ton of money, so therefore, there's usually not a lot of higher up positions that are gonna pay super well. So, a lot of full time positions, if you're working at a seasonal park, or if it's a full-time park, you're probably going to be in that, that front-line role for a long time. You might get an hourly leadership, stuff like that. But get into that management level, it's going to take some time and effort. So be patient, number one. It's easy to get frustrated if you're not moving up as fast. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, but number two kind of advice is just pick up extra shifts and volunteer to do the crappy tasks like cleaning and stuff like that um, without being asked to do that. And I know some days you're not going to want to do that. You know, everyone kind of goes through those phases and stuff. But by doing that already, you're just going to stand above people already. Your supervisors will notice eventually, and that's going to help you kind of um, get promoted faster when you're kind of already volunteering and doing that, taking that extra initiative.
0: Would you go back to working at a theme park?
1: Um, At this point in my life, probably not. Um, It's just something that with my lifestyle, I like the remote life or more that um, Monday through Friday kind of, uh, life. One thing I do miss, I miss kind of the, um, I guess randomness or I want to say chaos, but more randomness that the theme park offers. But I think there's other industries and jobs that could offer me that same thing. Now, maybe one day as a retired job, as a super part-time role, I think it would always be fun to work in park services. I know that sounds really kind of weird, but, um, I always said, you know, as an older person, a, I'm not going to be, I don't really want to be a lifeguard, you know, jumping around, maybe like, Maybe if I still have some, if I'm in well shape. But really just walking around the park, sweeping, and I don't know, maybe cleaning a few like, toilets here and there. I don't really want to do that, but if I had to. But I think that would be a fun job because then you could interact with the guests, um, which I think is if if more theme parks really, and I think Disney does a great job of this. They're, um, they're, they're, custodial team kind of does the design and kind of do that but i think if all parks kind of did that but they had more of a customer service focus on the park services job versus just hiring people that would fill that role i think just their customer service rates would go up even higher and i think that would just be a fun one to could walk around and
0: interact with guests whoa is uh i think i think maple she's on a trail i think is this another portal she's finding i don't know it looks like there's one around this corner let's
1: go check it out let's do it
0: blue scoot We can too. <laughs> oh crap we're in Diagon Alley at Universal Florida and it's open hell yes this is a great portal Maple good work I don't know if you can be in here but fuck it let's just let's bring you in
1: that nah, she's a service animal for the day so let's like keep a hush hush well shit um since we're in Diagon Alley how about we go to Leaky Cauldron and get a, get a drink or something that'd be nice
0: I got a tea there that I really like was, uh... yes. oh there's I'm no line order. this is this is great there's no line at all you want you want to order first yeah, I'm gonna get the Wizarding Brew
1: uh, beer that they have there. It's uh, pretty delicious. Nice.
0: I'm getting the uh, the tree Fizzing Tea. Uh, went a little hard uh, last night, so uh, I need a little tea to wake my ass up. Well, uh, you're a big Harry Potter nerd. What what is your your house? Uh, I'll say technically I'm in Gryffindor. I,
1: I've taken the quiz so many times. I usually go back and forth between Gryff- Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, but I feel like my um. My personality traits fit Gryffindor a little bit better.
0: What's your Patronus? <laughs>
1: My Patronus is a pheasant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's terrible. Why are you so crazy about Harry Potter?
1: Uh, so, I mean, I started reading Harry Potter when I was in fifth grade. And it was, you know, growing up, I mean, so I mentioned earlier I have ADHD. Um, but I didn't, I I was, I've always been un- undiagnosed ADHD to recently so as a kid school and um, was always kind of a tough time for me my grades always suffered and I just wasn't really um, I just couldn't focus and reading was very hard like my mom and at my elementary school I had to we had something called accelerator reader where we had to read so many books and we had to take a quiz on it like through a, like a on the computer, which is actually kind of cool, and I'm thinking back on it for the technology back then, and he had to like get so many points per quarter in order to get a good grade in reading. Um, well, I always struggled at getting points because I never found. Um, I never found uh, books that I really enjoyed. It wasn't until Harry Potter that I really fell in love with reading and really enjoyed books. Unfortunately, because I went to a Lutheran private school, they wouldn't allow those books because it was witchcraft and stuff. Even though we had Lord of the Rings and a bunch of we – had, we had Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer on there, which is dropping – Um, you know, in bombs in there, but we couldn't do Harry Potter, but we still read the books and I made a lot of good friends that way. And it's kind of how I just fell in love with reading. So that's why I really love Harry Potter. It just kind of opened that, that possibility, that whole world into reading for
0: me. It's a shame you couldn't take those tests with Harry Potter because I remember those being like, uh, like a whole semester of points. If you passed the test.
1: I bet. Yeah. It's just something that my school and I'm sure now they did. um, But back then it was just, I think it was just one of those things. And it's, you know, just Harry Potter was just kind of the craze. And there was like witchcraft, even though we had Lord of the Rings and a bunch of other books on the on the list that just didn't really fathom that it kind of fits the same category. If anything, those are more dark than Harry Potter is.
0: What's the best Harry Potter book? Uh,
1: my favorite is Goblet of Fire. So um, I just love that story. It's kind of a little bit different than the other ones. And it kind of changes the whole landscaping of the world. It's kind of the turning point in the series. What's the best movie? Uh, I like the last one, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Just that, you know, I, I feel like it's almost a cop out answer, but just that the Battle of Hogwarts scene and just kind of all of it kind of comes in. Even though there were some things I would love to change about it, but it's still my favorite one out of all of them.
0: Who is the most underrated one. character in the series?
1: So this is something that, so I just reread the series recently um, as an adult. And this is like my first time reading the series again in probably over a decade. So it's really cool kind of experiencing that. And if you're a Harry Potter fan and you haven't read the books in a long time, I highly suggest it. Because as an adult, you just kind of relate to things a lot different than you did as a kid. And probably the most underrated character for me was Creature, which is the house elf that um, is with the Black family that Harry kind of inherits when Sirius Black dies um, at his house. And Creature, in the movies, they kind of do him dirty, where he just always kind of this grumpy, annoying, kind of um, just messed up elf who's just kind of bitter. In the book, so he kind of has a turning point and really kind of is, is just a good person. And It just kind of shows that any character could, anybody in life could change who they are. And that's where I think Creature is so underrated in that.
0: Who's the most overrated character?
1: Hagrid. I, something about Hagrid that just like, I get why he's there and he's he does a lot for Harry, Hermione and Ron, but he's also just so reckless and just kind of like, he's kind of a dunce too in a way where he just it. sometimes some of the stuff fits the story other stuff is like it's just a little bit too much and i think i and i know people love him he's a lovable character he's just this big you know lovable guy but some of the stuff he's just kind of reckless and dangerous and um you know sometimes I just i i think he's he just gets a little bit too much love than what he deserves sometimes
0: he's still a good guy don't get me wrong but
1: just a little overrated in my
0: opinion what frustrates you most about the series
1: Oh, I, it just always frustrated me. Is just, like, these kids, like, Harry, Hermione, like, you know, and Draco's, like, he's an evil person. They would just go back and forth and stuff, and they're, like, they would just, like, throw words at each other, and, like, and every now and then they would cast spells at each other. But, man, and there's only one time where, like, Hermione just, like, punches Draco. But, like, there should have been some physical fights are breaking out. Like, they were just not – they needed to fight more. Like, just really just – like ah like come at him like push people around versus like eat slugs or like you're mudblood like you know just calling people names and stuff like that's pussy shit like like, let's start some fights that was that's the one thing i
0: frustrated the most (laughs) i think ron would have knocked a few people out i'm just saying
1: yeah ron was actually a tall big dude so um that's what he should have done instead of like casting spells that backfired
0: Order up for theme park stud and coaster bro oh got the got our tea got our little brewski here let's go uh sit at this family table i guess huh yeah sit down let's enjoy our drinks Ooh, that's a fizzy drink that's a really good tea i got here man i, I do not regret this decision
1: my beer is delicious
0: i got my phone here uh we do have some listeners who chimed in with some questions uh most, mostly jeff and tony that asked but uh <laughs> here we go. Uh, you can guess who this first question's from. Uh, yeah, I know. What's the craziest thing you've done on a soccer field during a thunderstorm?
1: All right. Well, um, I had sex on a soccer field and during a thunderstorm back in my senior year of high school. So it was, uh, it was awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. We'll go to a different question here. You inherit money to start a park from scratch. What are six rides? that you're buying to build the foundation of this park?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I would say, um, so I'm going to go with like three different coasters. So first one is going to be like a B&M Hyper Ooh, um, yeah. or either like a B&M Floorless a Hyper, something something like that. Um, good steel coaster. That's going to be kind of a good hit. Nothing that's going to be super mind-blowing, but definitely going to be consistent and a good ride, essentially. Um, Then we're definitely going to do a woody, a GCI Woody, I'm probably feeling. But a good Woody that's going to be kind of fast, kind of uh, get some good air time, kind of really kind of throw you around just a little bit, but not too much, a little bit. Good banking turns on there. Um, A couple of double downs, maybe um, stuff like that. Um, And then a family coaster, of course. We need like a good... You know, foundation of the park. I'm not going to go with a kiddie coaster, but a good family coaster, I would say. Um, I'm kind of impartial to Vekoma family coasters, um, so I'll probably put something like that in there. Something for the kiddies and the whole family, essentially. Nice. Um, flat rides, or I guess other rides. Um, I love the airplane rides, so we're going to put that in there. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, I would probably say like either and it's only going to be one of these either like a train i feel like every park needs like a train or if you're not going to do a train like a taxi ride but a taxi ride that kind of goes or anti-car ride that would go like around the park a little maybe not an entire park but a good majority of the park not something that's just going to go back and forth on a little track but something that's going to kind of give you a good kind of view of the park essentially maybe like a a a launch and drop tower type thing
0: okay a little ss tower maybe
1: yeah, something a little bit exciting, but maybe for people that don't want to do a roller coaster, but still want some thrilling stuff, something like that. Great, like that would be kind of the foundation. Obviously, I'd love to put other rides in there, but those would be kind of my foundation ones.
0: Here's another pile of money. You get to go to all the parks in one specific country, and it's paid for. What are you going? Or which which country are you going to do? I'm going to Germany. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I thought it'd be the
1: most bang for your buck. Minus the United States, because United States is kind of I'd, I'd say probably the best, because it has probably the most, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously if you know, if I have all the money, I want to go somewhere outside of the United States. I thought Germany would probably be the best.
0: All right, in and out or what a burger?
1: In and out all day. They're both good, but in and out to me just tastes better.
0: All right, and the and the famous argument from like 10 years ago, a decade ago, I want to go to Waldemere. You want to stay at Kennywood. We bitch. We fight. What would it have taken to get you to leave Kennywood to go to Waldemere? I don't know. This is hard. It Because, like, and granted, I don't think our
1: listeners really know, this is, okay, our third park into the trip. We're kind of halfway through. It's about this turning point now where we're kind of just getting – exhausted in a way we're still enjoying ourselves but we travel a lot there's been a lot of sharing a bed it's hot it's middle of july so we're kind of tired you know originally we we're also broke college kids so i think you know if, if money wasn't an issue and um it wasn't like you know towards the middle to tail end of the trip i'd be more kind of uh, you know, to do it, I would say. I think that's what it would be kind of – I think probably the money thing. And and honestly, I don't know if I would st- – even now, I'd rather just do an extra day and add Waldemere and not do Kennywood and Waldemere in the same day. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe even – you maybe do right. Waldermere with another park, a smaller park, to do that. I don't think I will do – I would put them both in the same day, though. So maybe splitting up, adding an extra day would would, would have me do it.
0: Who's your go-to Super Smash Bros. character?
1: I don't really play Super Smash Bros. too much, but um, I like Zelda, so I'll probably go with Link, even though he's probably not... I don't think he's a good character on Super Smash Bros. Um, either that or... I, I, it, anytime I play like any kind of Mario game, especially Mario Kart, I go with Yoshi, so probably Yoshi, which also is probably not a great character on Super Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Yoshi, but- is my favorite character on Super Smash Bros. for sure. Is he good though? I just don't I don't I
1: haven't I don't ever replay really Super Smash Bros. It's one of those games You know I know it's a yeah. good game. I just never really
0: got into it as much. If you know how to use Yoshi, he's good. So you gotta be jumping the whole time and dropping your ass on people, and then he's pretty fantastic. What are you buying from the ice cream truck?
1: <laughs> it's it kind of depends on my mood. Um I'll tell you if I had to pick some. I'm definitely more of an ice cream I like popsicles too, but I think I'm more of an ice cream person. Um so probably like like a nestle's like the, the cones with the chocolate like with the kind of the vanilla ice cream but with the chocolate and, and nuts kind of like molded on the top you know what i'm talking about the drumsticks that's what they are drumsticks there you go
0: what's an untold story from the opening of von volcano bay you have oh i it's
1: probably plenty of those um Probably the one and I, I may have sold this one. I know I've told people, but I don't know if i said it on the podcast. Uh, but it was probably the night before media day, um, where I was it's kind of turned into like a 36-hour shift. Was, Origin wasn't planned. So we kind of came in the day before and we didn't know what time we were gonna leave. There was some departments that were getting uh, they got hotel rooms to kind of stay the night so they could be up there early in the morning. But well, we kind of turned into just working the entire night. And it was around like two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, it was like um, our senior manager named Bob, um, uh, my other coworker, um, Cody, and my other coworker, Ty, which I believe Ty and Bob still work at the park. I don't know if they still work at Volcano Bay. I know Bob doesn't. I think Ty just, she actually just got promoted and left Volcano Bay. She's now in Parks uh, services on the team. Um but it was us four. It was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. We are just loopy as hell. And we just walked around the park. We just decided to go on a walk. And it, it just turned into this big vent slash bitch session. Because like it was just so, like you know, it's opening a park stressful. And it was just a fun moment because, you know, Cody, Ty, and I, we were kind of, we're on the same level. So we kind of were already kind of, you know, we vented us. But then Bob's a senior manager. He's a little higher up. So it was kind of nice that he just kind of, Felt it was like a human kind of act where he kind of just was in the same boat with us. Like we're, we're all having the same frustrations, even though he's a lot higher up. He has more saying to things, stuff like that. We just like walked around the park and it was just so much stuff that just was rushed last minute. Just so like bad. I remember we walked through, uh, there's the there's two rivers. There. There's an action river and a lazy river. We walked through the lazy river, which didn't open up on grand opening day. It just wasn't ready yet because it kind of goes inside of a tunnel and we walked in there at night and it was just like, it was just water bottles hanging. It looked like a haunted house. And we're like, what the hell? We're bringing media in and this is going on? And there's like, there's these guys on these like, they're like almost like miniature like dump trucks, but they're like, like they were like, they're motorized and you stand on the back of it and you drive forward and you can kind of like, uh, tilt a little dump thing forward And they're carrying sand And it was like these construction workers Just driving these things in Just with a cigarette in their mouth And they're like there's so many of them They're almost like running into each other And about to run into you and stuff And we're just like what the fuck is going on Are we really going to be bringing in people tomorrow In like less than 12 hours Like uh, it was just such a surreal experience was, Like less than 8 hours at that point And we're like there's no way this is going to go off right And it's just going to be interesting And it was just one of those moments where, like, there's no way this is going to work. And literally, I mean, six hours later, we open up. And granted, there was still a lot of things that were definitely not there yet. Oh, um, at one point, like, i I say a couple hours later, probably about two hours, before we're going to open up to media – um, we had a quick meeting for everybody and like one of our instructions was just go around the park and anything that shouldn't be out there, just chuck it behind a fence where it's hidden. It was just the weirdest thing. It's like, I, it's like, I don't care if it's supposed to be there, just get rid of it. Cause it's not supposed to be there anymore. And we're just like throwing shit where it's not supposed to be. It was hilarious. Um, I was just like, it was almost like you're supposed to clean your room. Your mom's going to be home and you didn't. And you had to hide shit last minute. It was almost like that feeling, but like in a theme park for media to come in and check out. And so it was just like, what the hell is going on? But it was also just like, you know, fuck it. Why not? So it was just, a, it was, it was fun. It was, it was a weird moment that just kind of bonded everybody together. Oh shit. Um, you know, we probably, we've been hanging out here a little bit, you know, drinking our beers and your tea. This portal might close and that's going to be a really expensive trip for us to get back to Kansas City. So maybe we should go back in the portal real quick and get back to the trail since we don't have a car at the park or really anything.
0: <laughs> All right, quick. We got to chug. All right. Excellent. Back to the portal. Here we go.
1: Let's go, Maple. She's all tired out.
0: All right, we're back on the trail. Anyway, um, what, what's the best restaurant you've ever eaten at? Oh,
1: that's hard. Like, I don't think I have a best restaurant I've ever eaten at because I like. It depends on what like like, what kind of meals I'm craving at the time. But I would say some of my favorite restaurants I've I've eaten at. Um, like, I really like Chinese food, so Ling's and KC's really good. Um, I was on a cruise recently, and we had the Chop's Grill, and that was delicious. I mean, I don't know if that really counts, because you can't really just go there on a normal day and stuff. But um, I don't know. I just – I don't really have a favorite of all time. Like, it's just kind of like what I'm craving is choice. so – can't really answer that question super well
0: what's the best dessert
1: uh cheesecake i love cheesecake and it's one of those ones that like i definitely can't eat a lot like or every day so i definitely it's one of those ones i definitely eat sparingly and when i do it's just like oh i love it like it's so worth it every time
0: what's your favorite dish to cook
1: um it's something i want to get better at is cooking um so uh it's definitely not the best dish I could cook yet, but it's something I want to try, and I'm I mean, getting better at. But uh, a nice stir fry, like with some vegetables and some, maybe some kind of meat, either chicken or even if I want to go kind of plant based, might do tofu in there. You can kind of do a lot of different things with it, which is fun. But something I just really haven't mastered yet. And I want to really get better at.
0: What's a theme park you are not in a hurry to get back to? Terry and Lake. <laughs> <laughs> What's a cause that's close to your heart? um i'll probably say like give kids the
1: world or make a wish you know when i worked at universal um, and even legoland too i was able to kind of experience you know them firsthand when they came to the park and stuff so it was really cool interacting with those groups and the kids most importantly um, during that time so that was really cool so i think it's always been kind of fun to kind of do that
0: what's an activity you wish you were talented enough to do
1: God, I wish I could be a backup dancer for like a music video or a concert and stuff. Like I love to dance, but like it's always been, I'll tell you like a, a hopeless dream. I could just be like a backup dancer at a concert or like a live performance or something like that.
0: If Dua Lipa is listening, hit him up.
1: Hit me up. I've, I got white boy syndrome, but I, I'll try
0: my best. <laughs> What's a guilty pleasure of yours?
1: Uh, I love watching rom-com shows and movies. Um, they're just great. I don't know what it is. Like I just love them. Kind of get they're funny. I get in my feels a little bit. It just it's great.
0: What's your favorite theme park memory?
1: Oh um, well, I mean, there's gonna be a show dropping uh, that's actually probably already dropped um, that has a bunch of them in there. So uh, kind of a lot of them are in there. So I don't know if I have a favorite one. So I'd say watch that episode or excuse me, listen to that episode. And you, you check out all the ones that are my favorite memories.
0: Well, that was a great trail that we walked on. Here. Yeah. Are you uh, you taking off?
1: Yeah, I probably got to get get off soon. Um, you know, I got to take Maple home. She's getting tired. She's she's falling asleep right now as we speak.
0: Well, uh, we, I have three more questions for you. Sounds good. All right, you've died. And you've gone to heaven. You can take one flat ride with you. What ride are you taking?
1: Uh, I'm going to take uh, an SNS Swing.
0: Okay, what dark ride?
1: Let's take uh, Pirates of the Caribbean um, at Disneyland.
0: And what coast are you taking with you?
1: The Beast at night.
0: Ooh, very nice.
1: Yeah. Hi, right, Maple, let's get out of here. I know you're tired. Time for a nap time. So let's get in the car. Let's go out there. But you know what we need to do? We got to tell America, stay fly, America. You know what to do. Oh shit, it's my jam. Let's turn this bitch up.